Hello and welcome to the podcast for the HNC radio and podcasting course at Edinburgh College. Bikini Body are an exciting new Edinburgh band who did a gig recently for the college's cover-up project. It was held at 54EP, which is a collaborative brand and space aimed at providing support for the arts, music and creative sectors in Scotland. I got to speak to the band before the gig. I started by asking them, what was it like to perform in front of a, well, small audience? Still, an actual audience. Pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a weird feeling. Um, it's just nice to be back, really. The nice thing about COVID is that uh, you don't know who is more scared, us or the audience. Because <laughs> you guys just finished the gig just before lockdown came in at Sneaky Pete's, didn't you? Yeah, that was... With casual drag, yeah. And... And gelatin. Gelatin, that yeah. That was such a good gig. Uh, yeah, probably it was like on the cusp, you know, there was a lot of like, should we be doing this? And we were like, eh, it'll be fine. And then like the next weekend, it was like, yeah, yeah. locked down. Yeah. But what a gig to finish on. It was so fun. Mm. But you've also been streaming stuff. How was it doing that? Uh, it was a new experience. We haven't done that before, as I'm sure a lot of bands haven't. Um, but it was it was really good fun. It's so great actually to have a live performance, but the sound is like absolutely top notch. I think we hadn't really experienced that before. So it's definitely it's been a, a learning process. Though. Like the, uh, the stream that we put on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Not so good. <laughs> that was not good. No. We did one with just you and me in the kitchen. That was yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, but that brought a different, it brought a different vibe, you know, there's, there's this kind of stream that's very professional and there's like, do it in your kitchen, uh, and I pretended to play guitar and it was, you know, completely different to anything we've done before, so it was nice. I really liked it, actually. I liked the sound of it. I liked the sound of it, it was just the bass and vocals and I liked the idea of really stripping it back and just going, you know what, we're in a kitchen, feck it, we're still going to go for it. Yeah. I thought it sounded, I, I really loved that sound. Awesome. I'm really glad you liked it. It was really fun. Like, yeah, we just kind of practiced in Kyle's flat, which is also really weird because I usually have the mic in front of me and that is almost like a bit of a, a protective barrier. But I was literally just screaming at Kyle yeah. in this flat, which is uh, actually more nerve wracking for me sometimes yeah. than actually playing live. We were very lucky though, because because I live alone, I'm able to be in the extended household with Vicky, so we wouldn't have been able to do it if we weren't in the same household, so that was quite lucky, I think. Was that a bit of cubby rasp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we didn't have the Ben Witness, because uh, yeah. we just done that. <laughs> but I like that element, because when you listen to your sound, it has quite a feel of that sort of post-punk I don't mean amateurish isn't like bad amateurs, but that sense of we're not going to comply to any sign or sort of any stereotypical element. And I felt that was like that sort of, sort of, we're just going to do this gig in the kitchen and we're just going to go for it. It felt that that suited your band. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. We are not capable of conforming to a particular style because we no. don't know how to emulate a particular style. So it's all like, we just do whatever. We're like, oh, that sounds good. Let's play that. <laughs> Because you know? they have described your sound as sort of noisy, angry, funny. I, I quite like that feels has quite the sort of the Scottish post-punk guitar feel, like a really traditional sound. To it. How would you describe it, or or can you describe it? Um, how would I describe it? I I really like hearing other people describe it um, because it often surprises me. Um, like people say, like you're very shouty, you're very angry. In my head, I'm I'm not because that's not intrinsically who I am as a 
person it's like it's I'm just kind of performing and I guess the shouting is more like for me it's like it's almost exuberance and like wanting just to express that I'm really excited about something or I'm like I'm putting more expression on a particular like line than others um so but but it does you know the lyrics do come from um you know dealings with shitty men shitty nights out there's anger there definitely but it's always with like a wry smile I think I hope that kind of comes across I think in the lyrics it certainly does <laughs> yeah. you know but do you think because the band I feel it must be difficult for you because it has such a live sound to it and you feel it's the sound that needs an audience do you feel you've been a little bit sort of deprived of that yeah we have but then I think we've also ended up writing some stuff that I don't think we would have written had we not been without gigs and just confined to the same four walls and a practice space I think we've kind of come out the other side of it with yeah. some we've like we put that energy songs. into sort of becoming I think like a lot more kind of confident yeah mm. with like writing songs and I mean, you're a fairly new band, so it must be a bit weird that you were just getting such good traction. You know, the reviews are coming out, the reviews were great, everyone loved DPs, and then suddenly sort of COVID hit, and like, right, we're just going to stop all music for a wee while. Do you think that has sort of changed how you're approaching the music and writing? I mean, I feel like me and Kyle as a rhythm section, it's pretty post-punk mm. heavy. Um, I so love the bit, I mean, the, the bass... I think there was only sort of punk Dead Kennedys and a lot of the post-punk, mm. but that bass just became such a dirty, forceful. Yeah, definitely. I was I moved here from Seattle like t three years ago and hadn't listened to much music like that. I was more into like kind of sad <laughs> indie rock. <laughs> so I was in a lot of like really sad bands. We've all we've all had that face, you know. We've all, we've all had that notebook while we're looking out the rain-soaked yeah. window. <laughs> but then moving here, I think I met Vicky. Like you showed me a lot of that kind of. 70s, 80s, post-punk stuff, and I was like, oh, that's actually like how I've always wanted to play bass, but I wasn't allowed to play that way in my other bands. Like, <laughs> so that's where a lot of these riffs came from, is I've had all these sort of kind of funky riffs that I had built up over the last like 10 years, and then I could finally play them <laughs> and be like an amateur funk bassist, basically, <laughs> but a little punky. <laughs> yeah. I think my main inspiration at first was um, Ari Up from the Slits. Um, I was reading the Balbertines memoir uh, like around the time when we started, me and Kyle were having like drunken chats about possibly starting a band. And, um, and she's, obviously there's a lot of Ari featured in that memoir and she's just such an amazing vocalist because she just doesn't give a shit and just like screams and yelps and herself on stage which I'm still working myself up towards um, but yeah she was she was a really big influence for me and then um, and then Viv Albertine's actual songwriting to be honest that the way that she writes um, that is like and that that's the thing like a lot of people say like my my writing is feminist but in the same way as I think similar to, to Viv Albertine I'm, it's not actually that I'm like I would say like I'm being like a feminist I'm just talking about things that women go through on a daily basis and maybe is, isn't talked about as much, but that's what I feel like that's what she was doing, you know, she wasn't being like a feminist, she was just being like, this is what women do, like, you know, we drink beer, we fart, we burp, you know, we're just like normal people. <laughs> but I think as well for them, there was a lot of, because the misogyny 
was so rampant then that they were shining lights whenever they came out. No one had seen female singers be like that. It was always very prim and proper, and here they were, as you say, screaming and shouting, and it, it broke so many boundaries there that it only takes another 30 years and we're still uh, doing the same sort of uh, discussions. But that you can understand why they were such an influence on so, so many people. It's huge for me as well because I, I had never been in a band before, so... Um, and I know, and I love music, and I, you know, pipe dream was like, oh, I could in some way be involved in music, but I never dreamt I would be like singing in a band. And hearing Ariat, I realised I don't need to actually sing in a conventional manner to be in a band. It's almost, it's just better to like do what you, what like kind of shows you off the most, and like is is you, um, whether that's like yelping or actually being like an opera singer, you know. <laughs> But there's been a great range, like dry cleaning, and obviously the idols and sleeper molds. There's been a great sort of resurgence of this idea of what a band needs to sound like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of, I think, especially from my angle, a lot of what I'm sort of influenced by is a lot of the post punk resurgence stuff. Um, but also, what's come with that is a lot of bands like the Orioles, who are really influenced by ESG. And that's where I've got all these kind of hi-hat flurries have started coming into my play. And I was like, whoa, when did that happen? Um, but it's, yeah, just from getting into all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, you told me the other day about the uh, that, like, jazz funk trio, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, the one Lamar Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saying how you think a lot of your drumming's come from that. Yeah, I keep jamming and we, we end up with some really odd funk jams that I don't know how Vicky yeah. puts up with in between <laughs> songs of practice. Uh, just because I'm listening to a lot of that kind of stuff and it's just, I can't help myself. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I think there's a weird scenario now where so many young people have got access to so much music and the idea of, oh, you don't listen to that, that that's gone. It's like, no matter who you are, yeah, sure, listen to that. That might yeah. be great. Yeah. That's also like, like I really struggle to pinpoint a like, guitar sound that's influenced yeah. me. Because I just sort of listen to like everything, and like I don't know, I can't think of like one band or like one genre where I'm like that. I listen to that, and I'm like, that's what I want my guitar to sound like. Well, yeah. like some of our stuff's so post punky, but then you wrote Late Bloomer based on listening to Angel Olsen. Yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah. It must be that sort of where so many other artists are bringing so many different facets in and then other people are taking facets from them. It's like, you go, going, I got it from them, but they got it from them, they got it from them. And yeah. with Spotify and things like that, you can just go down a rabbit hole of suddenly sure. finding new bands. You went, who the hell are they? They're brilliant. It's amazing how many, like, you know, as far back as, like, 50s and 60s, like, obscure B-sides that you find. Yeah. As you read an article about a band that you like, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I kind of got that riff from this B-side from the 50s. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, all of a sudden you're down another rabbit hole and yeah. listening to someone new. Weirdly, the, the band that's, like, most influenced my bass in the last, like, five years is probably Gang of Four. And I, like, I heard about them because I was obsessed with LCD Sound System when I was a teenager. And then LCD Sound System, like, references one of their songs. And I was like, well, what's that band? And then I was like, whoa, that is, like, the coolest band I've ever heard. So that's how I've discovered all, every music that I've ever heard, I feel like, is it all stems from Radiohead, you know? Just check this down. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a lot of those sort of post-punk gang of four, Cabo Voltaire and bands like that yeah. that are suddenly, I can imagine their kids coming in and saying, Dad, do you know you're like majorly influencing all the bands I like now? Yeah. And you're just like some old guy, I yeah. thought. Were you cool or something? Yeah. Uh, so listen, what's next? What's next for you guys? 
We've got a single coming out at the end of July. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm going to say tentatively <laughs> the end of July. Uh, I can cut this so whenever, you know, whichever way it goes, we'll have it right. Um, I guess it's like a double A-side single? Because it's yeah, two songs. Two songs. It's Young Dad and Daily Mail. Or Daily Mail and Young Dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's next, and we are also playing some festivals. We've got Great Eastern coming up, and we've got um, Doing the Rabbit Hole, uh, opening for Sleaford Mods on the Baino stage, which we're like dying over. We're yeah, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we will have shows besides, but we just kind of have to see what's going on with that. Yeah. I should ask you as well, because I was thinking about it earlier today, the name. How did the name come about? <laughs> oh, we, we went through many, many options, <laughs> including Shrimp Shack? Uh, no? Crab Shack? No? No? Okay, something no. else. Segway like, Segway was we, one of them. We would have gone to Shrimp Shack. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That uh, what else? We had uh, Man-Sized Badger. <laughs> Was this uh, like a band name generator that you were just sort of no, uh, I mean, present? That it just comes from the, the depths of our very strange, twisted minds. But um, <laughs> the way the way that we settled it, because we had lots of options going on, um, I I said, okay, well, the Daily Mail showbiz section is a fountain for inspiration. Uh, clearly, I get most of my material from it. So um, I said, like, let's just look at the showbiz section from today and like pick out some choice phrases. So the two things that stood out were leggy display and bikini body. You know, like so and so shows off her ample yeah. bikini body at blah blah. blah. Um, and then we decided leggy display was cool, but but bikini body had like alliteration, had a bit more of a ring to it. So it also does bring up a lot of interesting things. When it you does. first and I, it's a great search. we all yeah. to Google. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really big like pop song with like a million streams called Bikini Body. That's really. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. you get. I do think it's led us to get into uh, likes on Facebook that mm. probably aren't to do with the band. Yeah. <laughs> it was. We'll take it. I had to learn to search Bikini Body Band yeah. Edinburgh. Yes. Yeah. But it reminds me. There's a band I liked years ago. Uh, called XX Teens. Uh, <laughs> obviously one of those ones yeah, in reflection, and their single was called How to Survive a Terrorist Incident. <laughs> so there was just no way you were searching that without pinged all over the place. So the Daily Mail then, a bit of an influence. It certainly seems to be a recurring theme or a recurring nightmare in your works. Yes, massively. I mean, it's one of those things that... Uh, so I, where I come from is um, East Sussex, it's a conservative background and um, you know things like the Daily Mail are held in higher regard there and so you know when I was a kid I, I didn't really know anything about um, anywhere other than Sussex so I, I kind of grew up you know if like they put a blue ribbon on a pig I'd vote for it kind of thing. And um, the Daily Mail was something that I really loved reading. And then I went to uni, quickly realised that my views were not the not 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 the correct ones. But like, I just was like, no, this is not good. I need to change the way I think about stuff. However, I think more women than would care to admit at least read the showbiz section of the Daily Mail because it is just melodrama completely like overblown so it's just fascinating and so I you know 
um, it's a really great source of inspiration for a song because it provides all that drama and all those ridiculous phrases, really like buzzy, catchy phrases. Um, but I'm also using it as like, you know, uh, I, you know, I still read the showbiz section kind of thing. It's like we're not all above the Daily no. Mail, you know. It's like whether you like it or not, there is a huge readership of the Daily Mail and that has to come from somewhere. And, you know, we kind of live in like a bit of a liberal bubble where we're like, these people can't possibly exist. And it's like, well, there's a little bit of them in all of us, you know, like it's not just like the sort of hordes out there, you know, we, we read the showbiz section, so. Biggest popular newspaper in Britain. So somebody's reading it. Somebody's reading it. And most likely it's probably one of your like friends who's yeah. reading the showbiz section, you know, or the Mail Online. Like the Mail Online is, is absolutely huge. It's international, so. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much indeed. We'll look forward to seeing you on stage. Yeah. So you can check out Bikini Body on Twitter and Instagram at Bikini Body Music. I should also say that there are two EPs, two excellent EPs, Pond Life and So Posh, are available to buy on Bandcamp. And if you get a chance to check them out live, you really should. It's an amazing band and they are stupendous live. So if you want to find out more about the HNC radio and podcasting course at Edinburgh College, well, just Google radio and podcasting at Edinburgh College and you'll soon find us. Or you can always contact me, Connor Wright at Edinburgh College. The email address is connor.wright at edinburghcollege.ac.uk.